Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Matthew chapter 13, reading from verse number 53, the Bible says, Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished this parable, that he departed from there. Yeah, when he came to his own country, he taught them in their own synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So, they were offended. Now, I want you to understand, we're trying to define what it means to live beyond the limits. And here we see a story. Jesus visited the place where he was born, where, where he grew up, visited his own community. And the Bible makes us to understand that within the community where Jesus Christ grew up, they had a limited view of who Jesus is. They had a limited view of him. They saw him in a particular way. They saw him in a diminished fashion. They did not recognize him or even consider him to be a savior. So they had a limited view of Jesus. The Bible says, is this not the carpenter's son? Number two, in the community where Jesus Christ lived, among his own people, the Bible makes us to understand that they had a limited expectation. The guy is a carpenter. Carpenters don't do miracles. The guy is a carpenter. They are not supposed to know how to preach. He's not supposed to have the wisdom of the learned. So the Bible makes us to understand that in his own community, they had a limited expectation of what Jesus was. There was no expectation of anything from him. He's just a carpenter. And then finally, the Bible makes us to understand that in his own community, they had already placed a limitation on him. There's already a limitation of what to expect. There's a limitation of who he's supposed to be. There's a limitation of what he should be able to do. The Bible says, is this not the carpenter's son? We know his mother. We know his father. We know where he's from. And so the question is, what does it mean to live beyond the limits? My brothers and sisters, to live beyond the limits means to live our life despite all the obvious limitations that have been placed over our lives. All the limitations that have been placed over your life, over your family. Where your father has said you are not going to amount to anything. The wife has said to the husband, you are not going to be anything. You are not going to be able to provide. The husband has said to the wife, you are not going to be able to deliver children. The father has said to the son, you are not going to amount to anything. Living your life to where you are able to accomplish things despite the obvious limitations that have been placed over your life. To live life beyond limits is to break free from every imposed limitation that our society, our culture, or the devil has placed over our lives. The devil said, this is how far you will go. And you say, no, that is not what the Lord told me. Bible makes us to understand that when David got to the battlefront, Goliath stood as a limitation. Goliath said that this is how far you are going to go. And David said, no, 
I am going to pull you down. You are come with me with club and stock and everything, but I come against you in the name of the Almighty God. So living beyond the living means breaking free from every form of imposed limitation. It means breaking free from every mental imprisonment where somebody has told you something can never be done. And you tell that person, no, it can be done. Because God says it will be done. So living beyond the limit is breaking free from mental limitation. It is living their life beyond artificial boundaries. The boundaries that have been placed for people. What we have been told from the time we are babies. What we have been told about the black man. What we have been told about Africans. What we have been told about women. Whatever story, whatever artificial limitation that have been placed over the life of an individual, living beyond it is to break that particular limitation and say, this one does not apply to me. Others may not be able to move forward, but I will move forward. That's what it means. Living beyond the limit also means living our lives the way God intended it for you. The Bible says, and I know the thought of I think so was you. They are the thought of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. There is a particular way that God has planned for your life to go. There is a particular way that God has planned for my life to go. When we are saying you are living beyond the limit, you are living the life as God intended it. You are living the way God has planned your life. You are living your life in such a way that impossibility does not relate to you because you are seeing what God is seeing and you are moving in that direction. That's why the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1, if you read from verse number 37, the Bible says, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Living beyond the limit is living life with endless possibility. Because you serve a God of possibility. It's living a life that is not hindered by self-imposed barrier. It is living a life that is not hindered by the operations of hell. It is saying, I am going to rise above any barrier that the enemy has put in place. That is what it means. And that is why if you ask most people the happiest moments in their life, if you ask them, they will tell you it was when they were children. Many of us long to go back to the days when we were children. Why? Because that was the time when we saw all the possibilities, all the things that are possible in the world. That's when you dream of becoming this, dream of becoming that. That is the time when there were no limitations. It is when your imagination was free to design a future that you wanted. And that is the kind of life that God wants us to live. A life that is not hindered by any artificial barrier. And that is what I mean when I'm talking about living beyond the limits. The question then is that why are believers not living the abundant life that the scripture promised? Why are we not living the life that the Almighty God has designed for us? Why are believers not living and seeing the promises of God fulfilled in their life? Let's look at a couple of verses in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 9, Proverbs chapter 9. I'm going to read a different version that I don't normally use because this is the one that kind of gives you the idea of what I'm about to say. Proverbs chapter 9, we're reading from verse number 6. And the Living Bible tells us, to say, Leave behind your foolishness and begin to live. Learn how to be wise. If you go to Proverbs chapter 8 and you start reading from verse number 4, the same Living Bible tells us, listen. He's talking about wisdom now. He said, listen, man, she calls. How foolish and naive are you? Let me give you understanding, oh foolish one. Let me show you common sense. Listen to me for I have important information for you. Everything I say is right and true. For I hate lies and every kind of deception. If you now go down to verse number 17, the Bible now tells us that. It says, I love all who love me. And those who search for me shall find me. Unending riches, honor, 
justice and righteousness are mine to distribute. In other words, the more you seek the Lord, the more you search the Lord out, the Lord is saying that he has unending riches, unending honor, unending justice, unending righteousness are there to distribute to his own people. And so from this passage of scripture, you will see Solomon is basically saying that many believers are not seeking and experiencing the promise of God for their life because of the frosting. They lack the wisdom. He said, leave behind your foolishness and begin to live. Learn to be wise. There is a particular wisdom that we need as Christians to be able to live and to be able to possess the, what the Lord Almighty has promised. So the first reason why many of us are not seeing the result of God in our life, the, the promise of God being fulfilled, is number one, because of lack of wisdom. Number two, many believers are not seeing and experiencing the promise of God because of ignorance and naivety. In other words, we are just too simple. We don't understand how certain things operate. And because you don't understand how it operates, you cannot apply and use them to the best of our abilities. You say, how foolish and naive are you? You will not see the result that you are looking for when you are ignorant and you are naive concerning how those things operate. Number three, Solomon is telling us, he said, many believers are not seeing and experiencing the promise of God for their life because they lack what is called curiosity. They lack curiosity. They don't want to know. Look at verse number 17 of Proverbs chapter 8. He said, I love all who love me. He said, those who search for me shall surely find me. There is an element of curiosity that is required if you want to see certain results in your life. There's a kind of a hunger that must be in your spirit if you want to find something in your life. Many are living a limited life because they don't know that there is a different life that is out there. There is a better life that is out there. There is a more productive life out there. And because they don't know, they don't really care to know. That's another problem. A lot of people are stuck where they are, not because they want to be there, but because they have not even tried to find out, is there something better out there? Is there life better out there? There are people who are living better. I've told you the story. When I wanted to change the school for my daughter, I told her, I said, this is one life that you're looking, but there's another life somewhere else. And we took a ride. And then I began to ask the question, the people living in this house, do they have two heads? They said, no. Are they more good looking than me? He said, most likely not. But the idea is that they are living there. They don't have two heads. You have to be curious enough to find out that there's something else outside of where you are. You have to be hungry enough to say, okay, these people who are doing this thing, what are they doing that I am not doing? What do they know that I don't know? Where are they going that I'm not going? What discipline are they employing in their life that I'm not employing in my life? What are they doing differently? It's not everybody that is rich that the father gave them the money. Not everybody. There are people who worked hard. And the question is that if we are going to see the promise of God fulfilled in our life, we need to have curiosity. And Solomon is making us to understand that many of us are not. We are living a limited life because we don't know that there is a different life out there. And frankly, because we don't really care to know. We're satisfied with the life that we're living. And that's why Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 7, he said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. In other words, Jesus is basically saying, unless you are curious enough to ask God questions, 
concerning the promises he has made for your life. Unless you are curious enough to ask him, what is your plan for me and how can I get there? You will find out that the promised blessings of God will for our life will remain elusive. They will remain hidden from you unless you ask the question. Unless you ask the question. Unless you are curious enough to find out how does this thing work? How are people making it? How are people advancing their lives? How are people bettering their lives? How are people moving from where they are to where they need to be? Until we inquire about God's promises, about God's promised portion for our lives, it will remain elusive in our lives. Until we develop a sense of curiosity, until we inquire from the Lord, we will not be able to discover or possess our possession. And that will not be your lot in Jesus' name. Now, some may say, why do you even need to ask? God has already promised you. I mean, if God promised you, why should I be asking you again? It would be like disturbing him. There's a friend of mine who said that he doesn't like the way Pentecostal preaches. Everybody's praying that. He said, that's that just rude. You should allow one to pray after the other. I said, you know, you have a billion people on earth. He said, yes. So if everybody were to wait to pray, you think God is not capable of hearing everybody at this time? But that's the story for another day. There are people who will ask the question, why do we have to ask? Why should we be curious? Why does it have to be so hard? Why can't God just give you what he has promised? Why can't you just give it to you? Why ask? Why do you need to seek? Why do you need to search? Why do you need to knock for it to be open unto you? Why do we have to ask? Why do we have to be diligently inquire from the Lord for us to be able to possess the promise that he has given unto us? Why ask? My brothers and sisters, the reason you ask is very simple. The reason we ask is because asking is a spiritual principle in the scripture. Jesus himself said it. He said, ask and you will receive and as long as you are not asking, you are not going to get. So if there are something in your life that you want answers to, you must be willing to go to the Lord in prayer and ask him, Lord, why is it like this? So the first reason why you must ask is because it's the principle of scripture. Number two reason why we ask is because inquiry results in finding. When you ask the question, you will get the answer. If you don't ask the question, you will not get the answer. Inquiry results in finding. That is why you ask. The Bible says that everyone that asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. So, inquiry results in finding. That's why you ask. Number three, may ask because inquiry results in access. When you ask the question, the door of knowledge is open unto you. The door of where you want to go is open unto you because it opens a new dimension that you previously have no access to. So when you ask the question, it opens, it gives you access to what you don't know. Inquiry results in access. Not only that, the reason we ask is because inquiry reveals our desires. What you are interested in is manifested in the questions that you ask. If you are interested in a particular thing, you ask the question. You are interested in making more money. You ask the question, how do you make more money? You're interested in a particular area. How do you make, how do you make those things happen? Inquiry reveals the desires of our hearts. Inquiry shows what we are willing to pursue. When you ask the question about something, it's an indication that you are interested in that thing that you want to pursue it. You're asking questions about how to be able to build a house or how to buy a car or how to be able to take your children to school or whatever you're asking the questions about. It shows what you are interested in pursuing. And not only that, the questions that you ask 
also tells you what you are going to possess. The questions we ask tells us what we will have access to and the things that we will be able to possess. That's why you ask the question. That's why you seek. That's why you inquire. Now, if seeking reveals our desires, if asking questions determines what we pursue and it determines what we will find, why don't we seek? Why don't we ask the question that will help us to live our lives beyond the limits that have been set by society? Why don't we ask the questions? Why aren't we curious? Why are you not interested in finding out the things that are making others to move forward and you are remaining in the same place? Why are we not asking the question? Why don't we seek to live beyond the limits that have been set for us by the society where we live? The number one reason why people don't ask questions is because of the fear of failure. How many of us have been in the meeting? Somebody is talking, you don't understand what is being said, but you won't ask the question. Why? Because you are afraid you don't want to look like an idiot. And then you keep your mouth shut. And then you remain in your ignorance. That's what we do. Many of us don't ask the question. Many of us don't want to find out what is going on because we are afraid. And the Bible said that the fear of man brings a snare. It locks you down in the same spot. It keeps you from moving forward. It keeps you from experiencing all that God has in store for you. So most of us will not try to live beyond our limit because we are afraid. Number two, because we believe a lie. We have been told we cannot do it. We have been told that that does not belong to us. Yes, Africans that come to America can never make it. They will only end up doing a particular kind of job. That is the lie that we have been told and we believe it. And because we believe it, we continue to do the same thing over and over. The Bible tells us that when the Lord went to Adam, and Adam heard the Lord walking in the cool of the evening. The Bible says, Adam hid, and the Lord asked him, Why are you hiding? Where are you? He said, I heard your voice, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And the Lord asked him, Who told you that you were naked? Who lied to you? And many of us have been lied to that we cannot do something, and that's why we are where we are right now. Because we believe the lie. Not only that, because of our ignorance, we have not taken the time to find out what does it take to go from where I am to where I need to be. You have a responsibility to educate yourself. You have a responsibility to find out information about yourself. A person who does not think it's necessary for him to educate himself does not have a right to have access to a certain information. Please understand, many of us don't seek Many of us don't look for the better life. We don't live beyond the limit because number one, we are afraid. Number two, we are believed a lie. Number three, we are ignorant. Number four, that seeking and searching is a very demanding and tasking thing. Have you ever lost something before? And you turn the whole house upside down. It's a lot of work to find information. It's a lot of work to find out what it takes to be able to get certain things on. It's a lot of work to be able to do the things that is required for us to be able to have access to the life that we want. So many don't do it because it's demanding and because it's tasking. Many don't do it because it's exhausting and it's involving. You cannot do it haphazardly. Many of us are not making the progress because we're not willing to be fully committed. We're not fully involved in what we're doing. That's why we don't live the life beyond the limit. That's why we're living within the limit and the confines that the enemy has set for us. Now for those who will say, I want to live my life beyond the limits. I want to experience all that God has in store for me. I want to be able to live life as God intended. The question is, how do I do it? How do you do it? How do we live our lives beyond the limit that our society, our culture, our friends, our family, and the devil has set? How do you do it? How do we live life that God is intended? The first thing that you do, if you read the book of Deuteronomy 29, in verse 29, the Bible said, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. 
But those things which are revealed that belong unto us and our children forever. That we may do all the words of the Lord. The thing I want you to notice there is that he said the secret things belong to the Almighty God. If you want to live the life that God intends for you, the first responsibility you have is to find out what is the possible life that God has for me. What is that thing that he has for me? What is the life that God has purposed for me? He said, I know the thought that I think towards you, that the thought of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. What is that thought? It is your responsibility to find it. If you are looking for somebody else to tell you, they are going to tell you what is not exactly tailored for you. So, if we want to live beyond the limits that have been set for us, if we want to experience life as God intended for us, you will have a responsibility to find out what God has written concerning you. Find out what is possible. To live life, we must not only find out what is possible, we must also believe what God said is possible in your life. So, it's one thing for you to find out. This is what God said he's going to do for me. But you must believe that this thing that God said that he wants to give you, you must believe that it is possible in your life. People sometimes come to church and say, oh, I wish brother so-so-so was here. I wish sister so-so-so was here. But they don't put themselves in that place. There are promises of God that is meant for everybody. He said, whosoever, that means everybody. If you put your name there, it will happen. But you must be able to believe that what is possible is possible for you. Because if you don't believe it, you are not going to pursue it. God says, I wish above all things that my bears prosper and be in hell. Even as your soul prosper. That is the promise of scripture. If you read the scripture and you find that particular promise, for that promise to work in your life, you must believe it that it is for you. If you only believe it's for people in the hospital, then it will not be yours. If you believe it's only for people who are walking on the street, then you will not be. Here. If you believe it's only for the pastors, then it happens in the life of pastor. But every promise of God, whatever God says is possible. Your first responsibility is to find out what it is, and then number two, to believe it that it is possible for you. So you believe what is possible for you. That's how you make it happen. Number three, we not only believe it, but we soak ourselves in that possibility. In other words, you look at it and you soak it in. You continue to remind yourself of that word. Soak up what is possible. Begin to see yourself living in that reality. And that's why the Lord Almighty told Joshua. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. He said, you shall meditate upon it day and night. In other words, put it in your spirit. Load it in your heart. Load it in your mind. So that every time that is all you see. And that if you read the book of Deuteronomy also. The Bible said, the Lord your God is one. He said, make sure you teach your children. When you wake up. When you stand up. When you go out. When you are in the house. Put the word of God on the doorpost of your house. Put it everywhere. Why? So that you can soak your spirits with the word of God. You can soak your spirit with the possibility of the word of God. You can soak your spirit with what God says is happening. All the kids today, what is the first thing that comes out of their mouth? The songs that they have been listening to all day. That's what is rolling in their head. But if you have the word of God rolling in your mind every day, what comes out of your mouth is what you are fed. That's why the Bible said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to leave the reality that God has spoken concerning you, if you want to live as God has intended for you, first of all, find out what he says about you. Believe it. Soak yourself in it. And then number four, begin to engage that thing. 
begin to engage the promise, begin to engage the possibility, begin to engage those things that he said is going to make happen for you. Because this is one thing for you to believe. The Bible says that even the devil believed there's God. You believe God, you are not trembling. The devil believed God and that's how he's trembling. So it's not enough, but they are not saved. What differentiates us and the devil is that we believe unto salvation. We engage the word of God. For the word of God to produce, for you to see the possibility, for you to live as God wants you to live, you have to engage the word of God. And by engagement means that you take that word and you begin to act upon it. Go back to that Joshua chapter 1. The Bible tells us that it says, Everywhere the sole of your feet shall tread upon, there I have given unto you. And if Joshua wants to engage the word, what will Joshua do? Joshua will begin to take every step into the promised land. That is how this thing works. You don't just read the word and let it go. You don't just read the word and forget about it. You have to read and engage what the Lord says is going to be possible in your life. And then finally, you pursue it with all your energy. You not only engage, but you pursue it. You don't allow the enemy to distract you. You don't allow anything to take your eyes away from the ball. You continue to focus on that target. When you fall, you get back up and you keep moving. That is how you live the life that God intends for you. In other words, living beyond the limit requires you to find out what is out there. Believe it that it's for you, meditate on it, engage it, pursue it, and before you know it, it becomes a reality in your life. But what you are not willing to find out, what you are not willing to believe, what you are not willing to meditate on, what you are not willing to engage, what you are not willing to pursue, oh boy, how this thing will come. I keep saying it, God is not a magician. God will only give you what you are willing to pursue. Look at what he told Abraham. He said, lift up your eyes from where you are. To the north, the south, the east, and the west. Everything your eye can see, that is what I'm going to give you. So if you can't see it, you won't get it. If you can't pursue it, you won't get it. If you can't engage it, you won't get it. And that's why the Bible tells us, Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. He said, and every other thing will be added unto you. There has to be a scene first. There has to be an inquiry to find out, oh Lord, what do you have in store for me? What do you have for me? Because if you don't know what you have for you, what are you going to pursue? What are you running after? If you run after what the other people are running after, you will end up in a destination that is not meant for you. And that's why you need to find out what is God's plan for you. What is his intended life for you? Understand what he's saying. Believe what he has said concerning you. Make sure you soak it in your heart. Make sure you meditate on that thing so that it becomes part of you. The Bible said the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. Even the glory of the only begotten son. The word can only become flesh when you meditate on it. And then you begin to engage that word. You begin to put the word into practice. You don't allow anything to take the word away from you. Even discouragement, even in the moment of silence, even when nothing is happening, you still continue to pursue it. When the whole world is looking at you as if you are crazy, you still keep doing it. And then one day, the results begin to happen. And then people will say, he's lucky. No, he's not lucky. He's work for it. People will say, you are lucky. No. He's not lucky. He has been doing the work. The Bible says that John the Baptist was in the wilderness until the day of his showing. And when he showed what happened, he showed with power. What do you think he was doing in the wilderness? 
sitting down and just say, oh, what will be, will be. It doesn't work like that. Success does not come by wishing for it. The same thing. The life that God intends for you does not come by wishing for it. It comes by engagement. It comes by serious hard work. And that is how you do it. That is how you do it. And what is the reality? There is a particular blessing that comes into the life of an individual that is able to discover what God has given to him and is able to pursue it. There is a joy that comes. It's just like you plan the vacation. You know exactly where you're going. You go to that vacation place, you open the hotel room, and it was exactly how you planned it. There is a joy that comes to your heart. There's a satisfaction that comes. What is the satisfaction of living according to how God has planned your life? There's a joy of finding when you seek the face of the Almighty God to understand what He has in store for you. He said, all things are possible to them that believe. There is a joy when you begin to live the way God intends for you. You find that there is no stress. You find that there is peace. The whole world might be running up and down, but you have that assurance. There is a joy that fills your heart when you know that you are in the center of the will of God, living the life that God wants you to live. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.